Jorin Smith. Is your, that's your name, right? Welcome that's to Books and Story. So we are going to to discuss, uh, you know, in a few minutes, uh, you know, about Book Worm Adventure Girl, which is your platform uh, where you share books you've read, and uh, you know you have comments, books reviews, and uh, and some of uh, you know the literature. Uh, the literature, you know, the genre, the stories uh, from from the books you have, you know, you read, and you share it regularly on, on that platform. So welcome. Uh, before we even dive on what bookworm adventure girl means, would you like to talk about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much, Omar. I'm so excited to be talking with you again. Um, so thank you very much for inviting me to, to talk with you. Um, yeah, I'm from Canada. I live in Canada and um, I live near Niagara Falls, Ontario. I work in a school and I really have a passion for learning and for reading books. I read a lot of books um, and especially, which I know that we'll talk about, but diverse books is very important to me. Um, so yeah. That's oh, thank that's that sounds wonderful. So is there is there a reason you studied that exactly? Like what motivated you even starting book Warm Adventure Girl and the, uh, what's even the title itself mean and the, what inspired uh, to you know when you chose that title, you know, over your platform book Warm Adventure Girl, what does that mean and what where did you get the inspiration even? Um, thank you for that question. I think you're the first person to ask me that, Omar. Um, so, yeah, I just started um, Bookworm Adventure Girl, the booktube channel, last year. So it's almost been the one-year anniversary. The name comes from, um, obviously, Bookworm, because I read a lot. So I have been called a bookworm both by myself and from other people. Uh, the adventure piece is actually twofold. So I love adventures, anything that can be an adventure. Um, you know, I've been skydiving, I've been ziplining, I've walked around the uh, edge of the CN Tower to the edge walk. So I like that kind of adventure. But when it comes to books, every book is really an adventure. So if you're not willing to, you know, some people aren't able to travel or they're not willing to do certain things, you know, that might scare us, we get to have adventures in books that we wouldn't normally have ourselves, um, whether because of our geography, because of our finances, because of our fears, because of a whole bunch of things, but we can experience those things in literature. So the bookworm adventure girl is uh, came from, from that. And I was inspired to start the channel because um, I was invited by some people from Instagram. So I'm bookworm adventure girl on Instagram as well. And um, I was invited to be part of a group that talked about Canada Reads, which is a, a, a bit of a comp friendly competition here in Canada to find the one book that all of Canada should read. Um, and so what we did is every day we had conversations about those books. And um, so I thought, you know, this is a really interesting platform to be able to talk about books with other uh, book reviewers and readers. 
So it's, um, so I thought, you know, I think this is something that I could do. And then during the pandemic, I had time to, sorry that my dog is barking there. <laughs> I had time to learn how to start a channel, you know, the technology behind it and all of those kind of things, because um, I am not tech savvy. So I had to learn, you know, all of the things, how to edit a video, how to even just be comfortable in front of a camera. That took a little bit of time, but I'm definitely inspired by people who are already doing this. And, and I thought that this was a good way to connect with other people from around the world. Um, and it's been wonderful. And it's one of the reasons that I was able to connect with you, which I was excited about. So. Thank you very much. I remember the first time we connected, it was when you, you posted uh, free books, including my book, Life and Death in Yamata. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I, what I liked when we, you know, during our discussion about my book and, and my story is, uh, is your trip to Rwanda and uh, uh, how you, you were inspired also to talk about, uh, you know, what happened during the genocide against Tutsi and connected to your journey and books, you know, written about genocide against Tutsi. Would you like to share anything about it? Certainly. Uh, yes, you're correct. So I, in 2014, I was part of a group of about 15, maybe 20 educators from across Canada. And we had the privilege to go to Rwanda and to learn about Rwanda, to learn about the Rwandan people, and um, to learn about the genocide against the Tutsi. And um, it was a roller coaster ride of a, of a, of a trip, um, emotionally. And um, so again, the reason for me wanting to do that was I have had been interested in learning about it for some time. But I was also, um, I'm working at a school where we do what's called pilgrimage every year. And we raise money for the Tumorary Foundation in Rwanda. So I thought it would also be a good chance for me to meet some of those people. Um, and then to bring stories back to my own community, my own school community, and to talk about how, um, how we can make a difference, but then also to do some genocide education. So when we were in Rwanda for, I think it was about two weeks, um, one of the things that survivors, as they shared their story, they kept saying, please share these stories. Please take this information back. This is important. And I kind of saw that as a form of commissioning, you know, being commissioned to go out to share this with the world. You know, we were able to experience something that others aren't able to experience. And now that we have this information, that it was important to share that information. And so not only did I, I share every year at my school, um, but I tried to do it in other ways as well. So as I was you know, thinking about this channel and during um, Kwibuka every year, I do through the 100 days of commemoration, um, I myself have personally tried to read books about Rwanda. And so when I started this channel, um, I thought, you know, that might be something that I could share. So this year, that's what I have been trying to do. So, so far I've done two parts, but I am hoping to do a third part um, with the last few books that I've read. Um, so it's, um, you know, to educate people, to let them know some literature that's out there if they're interested and to share the stories of um, people who have survived, um, people who have experienced 
you know, the genocide uh, against the Tutsi in different ways. So, um, and which is so wonderful because yes, when I posted those three books, I was so glad that you reached out to me. And so, yeah, it allowed us to do that, you know, even more so. And I, and I really appreciate that. And I think it's important. And I think it's been a very positive, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people um, who, you know, think it's an important topic, maybe don't know enough about it. Um, I know a number of people who have gone out and, you know, purchased some of the books, including yours, because they want to hear those stories. That's important. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great way to connect with people and, um, and to get those stories out into the world. Thank you very much. And uh, I thank you very much uh, for sharing that, but at the same time, or, you know, allowing people to know uh, books, including my book, Life in Death in Yamata. Um, and then you say, you're saying that uh, people, um, you know, giving you feedback, but at the same time, <clears throat> specifically to this case of Rwanda, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> so is there, uh, is there, like what, what keeps you motivating you to talk about uh, that, you know, the story of genocide against us, for example, after you left Rwanda and, 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 and you know, and, uh, and keep sharing books uh, written about it on your platform? Like what motivates you? And uh, also, why do you think um, the world needs it? I know you, you, you end up saying that the world to know about what happened. Why do you think that world need to know what happened in Rwanda during the genocide against Tutsi? Well, I think one of the things that we take for granted here in the Western world is that we think that can't happen here. And I think that that's a very uh, scary way of looking at things because it can happen here. It has happened here. It is still happening here. Um, if we look at what's happened to uh, the indigenous peoples who live in Canada, um, that is a genocide and it's that genocide is still going on in many ways um, so it might look different but there are so many things about it that are exactly the same um, so when we talk about genocide I think that sometimes we think that it has to be um, you know something in far away you know that's something that happens to other people and that it doesn't um, it doesn't it's not connected to us in any way and that's not true i mean first of all not only is it not connected or sorry not only is it connected to um to us here in canada like i said through um our indigenous peoples or the indigenous peoples in canada but it we're connected as being um, a global community and sorry i'm just going to um, one of my dogs you know how this goes omar one of my dogs is going a little nuts. Oh, so the only way I can calm her down is I'm going to give them a treat and see if she finds out. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so as a global community, we, um, you know, we're, we're brothers and sisters. So what happens in Rwanda does affect what happens everywhere else. Um, and, and I don't need to tell you this, but the back, you know, the world turned their back on Rwanda. And we need to take responsibility for that, even though, no, it wasn't me saying, don't go to Rwanda. But there were effects because of that. Things happen because of that. And if that's the attitude that we're going to take, that says a lot about who we are as a people, as a, as a human family. And so I do think that people need to know what happened in Rwanda 
Um, I think people need to know the successes as well. So this, you know, it's that's not the end of the story. That, that genocide is not the end of the story. That not only um, have there been a lot of successes, but Rwanda is leading the world in a lot of different ways. So I think the entire story needs to be told. Um, but yeah, I do think the genocide um, against the Tutsis is an important thing for people to understand. Thank you very much. Well, you know, you you are doing it through sharing the story. Uh, you know, re book reviews, and um, uh, uh, you in on your platform, you share, you highlight, uh, you know, diverse authors, journalists, and the stories. And um, is there is there a specific story or book specifically that you want to share, or what you know, something you want to share that from all the books you've shared on your platform, and why that? Oh my goodness, that's a hard one, Omar. Um, I don't know that I have one specific book because again, it would depend. If someone said to me, you know, what's a good book for learning about Rwanda? I could probably give them a, a list of, you know, 20, 30 books. <laughs> um, but, and it's, it would depend. So I think that's why the diversity piece is important as well um, because not everyone is drawn to nonfiction. Not everyone is drawn to science fiction. Not everyone's drawn to um, dystopian type stories or um, or young adult stories. So I think that in sharing the diversity that way, it has a larger audience um, in that, oh, like you're talking about mysteries. I like mysteries. And then, oh, okay, you know, you're talking about fiction. That's not really my thing or whatever the case might be. Um, and then also, you know, because there are books about Rwanda and other topics that are also fiction. It doesn't have to be nonfiction. Um, I think that the majority of what I do read about Rwanda is nonfiction, but there is fiction out there as well. And so, you know, people learn in different ways. So I think that that part is important. So depending on who asked me and what it was that they were looking for, um, I would say, you know, these, here's a list of books for that. To just choose one, um, yeah, that would be impossible. It would be impossible, I think. Yeah, I understand. Um, it's a, it's a yeah. little bit, you know, you don't want to make other writers jealous. That's a really important, you know, remaining pro profession. And of course, let your, you know, your platform, you know, give, give a voice to authors and writers. Have you ever received the uh, feedback from authors and uh, what was that? Um, yeah, so I, I do receive feedback mostly on Instagram, although sometimes on um, on YouTube as well, especially when I did, um, I did a video at the end of last year called uh, Top 20 Books of 2020. And so I share it on YouTube, but then sometimes I also share my videos on Twitter or Facebook, my, my booktube, uh, sorry, my Bookworm Adventure Girl uh, Facebook page. And uh, sometimes authors will then, you know, respond back and, you know, thanks, thank me for their, the support. Um, much like you did reach out and say, hey, I saw my book, you know, so, which is fantastic. And I always love hearing both from um, authors and readers. I think both is important. So I like to support authors. I think that, you know, they're taking the time to share either their own story like yourself or a story that's important to them. 
um, with themes that are important to them. And so I do like to support um, authors, whether they're new authors or authors who have been writing for some time. And then I just think it's important to also connect with readers and see how they're, um, you know, ex experiencing those books because we all experience books differently, right? We all get something from different from books as we're reading them. So yeah, I think both are very important. Um, so yeah, I've had um, Terry Fallis has responded to me or Terry Fallis, sorry. Um, uh, Wayne Arthurs Arthurson, another Canadian author, has responded to me. Um, and then several, I do re receive some books from some publishers who ask me to review books. So often when I do that, I will share those books um, either through Instagram, BookTube, sometimes all of those things. And oftentimes the authors will um, will also, you know, want to be part of that. And so they'll respond that way. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much for sharing that. So, uh, you know, let's talk. Let's talk about you know mental health and the reading and the books uh, and the yes. stories, um, especially in this period where the world is experiencing COVID nineteen. You know, and uh, you know, it, it brought anxiety, depression. You know, everything related to the current world situation. How do you see reading books and uh, uh, sharing stories helping in the current world situation? That's a fantastic question, Omar. So during COVID, um, partly because I had tons more time, <laughs> so I was able to read a lot more than usual. That's not the case for a lot of readers. Many readers all of a sudden couldn't focus and they couldn't read and it was difficult to read a page or two. So in the reading community, in the booktube community, that was a hot topic. Um, some people were saying like, I can't even, you know, read a chapter when normally they might have read a book or two by then. And I think it was, you know, the anxiety like you talk about, maybe some depression, the mental health people were, their brains were trying to protect them. There was a lot going on. Um, so I think that, um, you know, reading can, can be a, a good thing for sure when it comes to those things, both because it can help for escapism, can also help for learning. Um, and it also helps to share those stories. So if you're reading a book about something that you're struggling with and someone else is sharing their experience, that can resonate with you and you can think, oh, I've experienced that too. I'm not alone in the world because we can often feel alone, you know, especially um, if someone is uh, isolated, which we all were during uh, COVID-19. So, um, so I think it's important in that case. And then I also think it's okay. You know, I would tell people who were having a hard time reading, I would say, it's okay. You know, give yourself permission to take care of your mental health when you're ready, your brain will let you know, you know, um, so we need to take care of ourselves. That's an important piece. Um, and yeah, I just think that, you know, the sharing of our stories. So even if it wasn't um, uh, a whole novel, maybe it wasn't a novel, some people turn to poetry or to short stories. They were able to handle that. Um, and we can learn from poetry and short stories as well. So there were a few times I shared um, a number of books about mental health and a lot of them were poetry books. And one of the reasons I did that was because I knew people were struggling with uh, 
with reading, you know, 300, 400 pages. Um, but to read a poem or two a day was okay. And especially if it was something, again, that they could relate to. So it was, you know, okay, not only is this okay, but other people are experiencing it as well. So I think that that's an important piece to that puzzle. Um, but, and especially, yeah, with what's going on in our world, there's tons going on in our world right now, you know? So, and it, we can get to a point where we feel despair instead of hope. And I know you and I have talked about hope before and how important that is, but we can lose sight of that hope when it feels like day after day, you know, it, things are only getting worse. And I think people sharing their stories reminds us of the resilience people have and the um, the strength of the human spirit. Um, I think, you know, you see that in your own story, right? So um, you wouldn't, you know, your story would be very different if you didn't have that. And so I think that as people share those types of stories, even when we're not feeling it ourselves, maybe we are feeling depressed, maybe we are feeling hopeless, that we can see in other people that their attitude, their perception on how they're viewing the world, despite everything that's happening, is very positive. And if we start viewing the world that way too, maybe it will start to get more positive for us as well. So the sharing of stories um, in any format, uh, whether that be literature, and you know, obviously for me, literature is a huge part, but even just talking like you and I, I, th I think that's an important piece to, um, to community and reaching out and connecting with others, so. That's very important, Joran, you know, sharing, connecting, and the, of course, overcoming the, the wounds from, you know, from different life, you know, you know, different life factors, especially in today's world where we have a COVID, we have a different things that, you know, scare people. Thank you for sharing that. So we are mainly with two questions. Uh, I know you didn't want to make uh, readers jealous uh, when I talked about your favorite book. Um, do you want to share uh, your inspiration you got from different books you read? Could be about hope, as you said, could be about anything. You know, I'd like to take some time and, you know, kind of share the wisdom from, from all the books, you, you know, not all or some or one or, you know, what you want. You know, from the books you, you've read and the, you've reviewed and shared on your platform. Sure. Um, yeah, I can definitely I love books with strong characters, um, especially strong female characters, just as a female myself, um, but strong characters. So um, when I think about strong female characters, I think of uh, authors like Sue Monk Kidd, um, who else do I like? Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert has a few books that I really like. Um, John Irving is another favorite of mine. When it comes to Canadian authors, um, I read a lot of Indigenous stories. Um, the Indigenous uh, people have, you know, very strong spirits. Um, and I like uh, authors like uh, Maria Campbell, Lee Miracle. Um, publishing race uh there's so many i mean i could just list a whole bunch uh, michelle good uh she just wrote a fiction novel um, that's doing so well i'm so happy for her um so there's so many um 
And I think with every book, whether it's fiction, definitely nonfiction. I will say nonfiction tends to inspire me because obviously, you know, it's real people. But when it comes to someone like Michelle Good, who wrote Five Little Indians, it's, I guess it can be considered historical fiction. It is about five uh, young people who were in residential schools um, and who, it doesn't focus on their time in the residential schools, but it focuses on their time after the residential schools and how that impacted them and how each one of them deals with it in different ways and copes with it in different ways. Um, usually not in healthy ways, but some of them get there <laughs> and that takes time. It's a process. So it's a tricky, um, it's a tricky thing to say, you know, that just, just nonfiction. So that fiction stories like that, that come from reality, um, and fiction tends to be, or nonfiction sometimes tends to be stranger than fiction. Um, I think that it's, um, it always has something to teach us. So I'm always inspired by strong characters, especially quirky characters, when they just have something about them that's a little bit different than everyone else. Um, I love stories. Stories don't have to have happy endings for me, um, but I do like when they're realistic. So I don't, and the reason I say I don't, that they don't have to have the happy ending is, it's fine, they can have happy endings. I'm not against them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes reality is that it's not always happy. So I need it to be realistic. So if it's a realistic happy ending, that's great. Um, but sometimes it is, and then sometimes, um, you know, that's just the way life is. So I like things that are realistic. Those are the kind, and so, yeah, so characters like, you know, uh, Owen Meany and A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. It's a fantastic book, one of my favorites. Um, and I like, um, yeah, there's just so many fantastic books and authors out there. And I love new authors as well. One of our new uh, Canadian authors, uh, well, he's been writing for a while, but Ian Williams, um, he's been doing fantastic work and actually his his book reproduction is up next on my TBR, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, and just seeing the different styles. And then, of course, if, you, if um, you watch my channel, you know that every Monday I read a book every week about Margaret Atwood, or from Margaret Atwood, and that she has a million books out there. Um, and I'm learning a lot about her personally, but also about her writing and the themes that she chooses to share. So she talks about death and war and life and parenthood and marriage and um, you know, women in society and their role, their expectation of roles, and um, just, you know, all kinds of great themes that I think, you know, she was writing about those things in the 1960s, 1970s, but it's still relevant to today. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's all important stuff. Wonderful. So, um, do you, do you, do you, do you see a role of writing and reading books, you know, in building a future peaceful world, you know, with a hope, where, where there is a hope, you know, and the, like, what is the role of writing and reading books in, in the future of this world? How do you see in your own analysis? I definitely see um, literature as a sign of hope and a sign of change. Literature has changed the world in some circumstances. Um, there are books, yeah, there are books that have come out, you know, made people think it shifted their mentality. And I think one of the important things, which again is why I think it's important to read diverse authors and diverse um, topics and 
is because if I only read about white Canadians, then I'm not going to be thinking about what other people's experience are in this world. Uh, it's not bad to read about white Canadians, but if that's all I'm reading, then I think that that's a problem and that my mentality would be very uh, small, very narrow. And so I think it's important to read books about people from different cultures, um, people from different races, different um, faith backgrounds, uh, different sexual identities. I think it's all important because I can't, I will never live my life as a Filipino man. I will never live, you know, I, I don't have that experience. It will never happen. But I can at least understand it and have compassion. Um, reading does, um, so I don't know, I don't know who the scientists are, but supposedly there are scientists out there who have done studies and have found that, you know, reading um, builds empathy in people and compassion in people. And that's something this world definitely needs. So if people are reading and learning those stories, um, then we'll have a more empathetic and compassionate world. And yeah, I just think that that's really important. Um, but I do, that's why I do think the diversity is important. So, you know, you don't have to read absolutely everything, but I think it's important to read um, people who don't look like you, talk like you, uh, live like you, and to learn those stories. Yeah. That's a really wonderful and uh, you know and uh, you know very inspiring on why people should lead, uh, but at the same time on how uh, we can choose uh, books to read. I like the fact that you're mentioning uh, you know exposing ourselves to different culture through reading books from people who wrote. Um, you know, from the perspective of those cultures. So it's really very important in the current world, which is very interconnected, but at the same time, which is facing a lot of, um, of issues related to that and, you know, racism and other things connected to that. So, you know, and maybe that will contribute to never again. So since we talked about the genocide against Tutsi in Rwanda, and of course we think about the Holocaust and how after 1945, the whole world, world thought, you know, said never again. But at the same time, we had uh, genocide against Tutsi. Today, it's Srebrenica um, Memorial Day, and, the, and the, there is Armenian genocide, and we, or, you know, many other atrocities that are happening around the world. So right. thank you very much for reminding us uh, about the role of writing, in, you know, as is, is, is a response, you know, to, to, as an alternative to, you know, to what, hap what is happening in such all those cases. Um, what is the future of your, of your platform then? So and while we are concluding our discussion. Well, I'm hoping to continue to just keep sharing the books that I'm reading and um, and that I hope to read because that list is always incredibly long. Um, and to keep connecting with people. So, and to keep, um, I really enjoyed having our uh, conversation and talking with you as an author and sharing your story. So I did think that maybe, you know, that's something that I could do more of is interview some people, have them share their stories. Um, because not everyone's going to read the book, but at least it's an opportunity for them to get their story out there. A couple of um, ideas around that. So I have a, 
a friend who I haven't asked her yet. I should probably shouldn't be talking about this yet, but that's okay. <laughs> I have a friend who is a Holocaust survivor and I was talking with some of my subscribers who we were doing a buddy read together and they said, you know, um, you know, it's like the Holocaust stories, those are important. And I said, yes, I agree. And I said, you know, I should really have um, this friend on my channel. She's written a few books. Um, but the, I'm worried that because our Holocaust survivors are older, there aren't too many of them left. Uh, we're going to lose those witness stories. And when we lose those witness stories, we start to forget. And when we forget, that's how things happen. And so I, I think that it's so important to keep those stories alive. It's very much like what you're talking about doing on, on your channel, keeping those stories alive and making sure that they're heard. Um, so yes, yeah, so I would like to reach out to her and see if she would do um, an interview with me and talk about her experience and the books that she has written. Um, and then, yeah, and just keep going from there and seeing if there's others who would be willing to do that. It doesn't always have to be about Holocaust or genocide, but just people's stories. Um, those are just two hot topics for me that I think are important, so, yeah. That's a very inspiring, uh, Jorian, and uh, I think, um, you know, bringing some of those uh, remaining Holocaust survivors, uh, recording their stories, it's, uh, it's really empowering the future, and uh, of course, one of the way of preventing antisemitism as well. So, um, moving forward, I'm also looking, you know, uh, when you say that, uh, I was also, I thought about, you know, you know, involving young people to read even some of the Holocaust survivors' stories, which, which is an alternative way of telling stories of survivors when they are not alive. So thank you very much. You're doing a very fantastic job. And that's a, one of the best way of concluding our discussion. Is there something you want to say before we conclude? Well, I would just like to say thank you, you, Omar, because I have really appreciated being connected to you. And I know that I've said this before, but I hope you stay connected. Um, I really admire the work that you do. And I admire you for um, not only sharing your own story, but making sure that other people's stories are heard. Um, I, I think it's important and I'm happy to help you do that in any way that I can and to support you. And, you know, I always talk about being an ally and the allyship that's needed. And so, you know, I see myself as an ally for, for you and the Rwandan people. So if there's anything that I can ever do to support you, um, please let me know. And thank you again. I'm so happy that we were able to connect again and to talk. And um, yeah, I, I hope that, that it goes well, so. Thank you so much, Joren, for taking your time and, and of course for your partnership, your support, and, and of course for keep hosting even survivors on your, on, your, on, your, on your platform to share stories, to talk about the books so that books can reach further to different people, but as well those stories can inspire different people, you know, in different life. So thank you very much. See you again. Thank you, Omar. Bye. Bye.